The Talent Code by Daniel Coyle. One sentence summary. The Talent Code cracks open the myth of talent and breaks it down from a neurological standpoint into three crucial parts, which anyone can pull together to become a world-class performer, artist, or athlete and form something they used to believe was not even within their own hands. My favorite quote from the author is, Although talent feels and looks predestined, in fact we have a good deal of control over what skills we develop, and we have more potential than we might ever presume to guess. Daniel Coyle I'm thankful for people like Daniel Coyle, who spent years and years digging through scientific research papers, traveling all around the world, in his case to so-called talent hotbeds, where many talented people were huddled together, and mastering their own craft, in his case writing, to come up with books like this. Contrary to popular belief, where you end up in the hierarchy of your field, whether it's sports, arts or business, is not up to your genes and your environment. Your talent is yours to code. The three parts Daniel Coyle has identified are deep practice, which we'll get into in a second, ignition, an external event sparking your initial motivation, and coaching. Let's look at the first one in more detail with these three lessons. 1. More myelin is how you hardwire skills into your body. 2. Use deep practice to increase the myelin around your neural pathways. 3. Chunk up what you're practicing into its smallest units. Are you ready to crack the talent code? Let's analyze it together. The talent code. Lesson 1. You can hardwire any skill into your body by developing more myelin in your brain. This answers the question, how do I acquire new skills? Here's what happens in your brain when you think a thought, feel angry or raise your left foot. The electrical energy in your brain increases until it crosses a certain threshold called the action potential. Once crossed, electrons are fired off in one neuron which is a node in your network of nerve cells, and start traveling towards the next. Electrons traveling along a certain set of neurons in a certain order lead you to performing a certain action or thinking a certain thought. But to get from one neuron to the next, the electrons have to travel quite the distance. To cover it, they use something called axons. You can think of it as a street connecting two cities. All of your axons are covered in a fatty white substance called myelin. It protects your axons and insulates them, but not just that. How big the layer of protective myelin around your axons is determines how fast and how accurately electrons can go from one neuron to the next, and therefore how good you are at performing the corresponding skill. When you pick up a new skill, say learning how to drive a car, Your axons aren't really streets yet, they're more of a path in the woods. A few people have to tread it and build it before you can really use it. More myelin is what turns those paths into streets and the streets into highways. Therefore, the more myelin you develop, the better any skill gets hardwired into your body and brain. But how do you do that? The Talent Code, Lesson 2. Deep practice is how you grow myelin and it consists of two parts. This answers the question, how do we improve our acquired skills? This is where what the author calls deep practice comes in. It's based on three things. One, repetition. Two, making mistakes. And three, 
fixing those mistakes. Myelin is living tissue, which means that, like a muscle, it must be exercised to stay healthy and grow. The more you use the axons in your brain, the fatter the myelin layer around them gets, making it even easier to perform the skill that you do when those particular neurons fire. Put simply, practice makes perfect. But eventually, playing Yankee Doodle on the piano becomes easy, and there's not much more myelin to grow. When growth slows down, it's time to turn to a deeper way to practice. Some call this deliberate practice. Cal Newport calls it deep work, but it all means the same thing. And that is to practice something that you're not yet good at doing. This will inevitably lead you to making mistakes, like missing notes or playing offbeat when you first try yourself at Beethoven's fifth. However, going back and fixing these mistakes lets new sets of neurons fire together, strengthening the myelin around the axons between them, and that's how you get better. The Talent Code Lesson 3 Whatever you're practicing, chunk it up into the smallest possible units. This answers the question, what's a good way of practicing to become better at my skills? Lastly, to fix mistakes, you have to spot them. That is easiest when you chunk down your practice into its smallest possible units. For example, you could take just one sheet of Beethoven's fifth, divide it horizontally, so all you're left with is four to five small pieces of paper, each with a single line of the piece on them. You can then practice all of these individually, mixing them up in order, and fixing every note you get wrong one by one. Then you can piece them together again and voila, you'll deliver a really great version of the first page of Beethoven's Fifth. As you can tell, this takes a lot of time, but it's the only way to truly master something. In my case, as a writer, I could try to write 20 different versions of just one sentence, and then compare them and pick which one is best, or even look at a few dozen variations for just a single word. Divide your practice into tiny units so you can fix your mistakes on the smallest scale. Then, put everything back together again for a great result that you can practice with repetition. My personal takeaways from the Talent Code for 2017. This book goes really well with a couple of other books, which I would like to point you to in just a minute. Um, the most important point I think I can make and I really want to emphasize is the last part. Uh, because I've seen this in myself and I see it in most other people who are on track to acquire a skill or are already good at a certain skill and trying to improve it. Whether that's piano or whether that's tennis or whether that's writing or whether that's painting. And the mistake I often make and I see people make is they're not fixing their they're not spending enough time fixing their mistakes. So initially when you start something, especially when you start something where you produce content or you put something out whether that's online or off, you first have to get into the habit of even doing it, right? Of showing up to practice regularly, of releasing your content, of putting out videos or podcasts or posts. And so during that you you won't find the time to give yourself a lot of feedback. Right. So as a writer, I never edited blog posts um, initially. Right. I would write the post, get it out and then focus on the next one just so I could get into the rhythm of even publishing regularly. Right. 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 
um, when you are nobody, you have to build something, you have to you have to put stuff out there because having something out there and working on the next piece is initially always more valuable than trying to perfect that first piece. That said, once you get to a certain level or break into a certain sphere and you'll know when that happens, you can feel it with your skill, you'll notice you start to hit a ceiling. It's like you have traction, so if you have a blog, it might become more popular. Uh, you, you see people like your posts and so on, but you feel like, eh, like there's, I, I know there's, there's another level I can get to. I'm just not sure how to get there. And I think you should really tune into that feeling when you get to that point, because that's a very good signal that your feedback mechanism is missing, that you really need this feedback mechanism now. And I still don't do it as often as I would like to, but I'm spending a lot more time editing and revising my work. So, for example, I take blog posts and republish them on Medium. And when I do that, I always go through and see what can I improve? What can I fix? Is this word necessary? Can I delete this sentence? Um, can I make this point stronger? And so on. And the part where you go back, look at your mistakes, which is always painful, and fix them, that's really where the granular work happens, where the details happen. I think that's the part that differentiates the top 2% from the top 1%. So I would say know that initially you don't have to do as much of this because if you're just starting, it's more important to practice in the first place and get more practice in. But you'll feel when you hit a ceiling and once you hit that ceiling, it's definitely time to start fixing your mistakes. Now, for some other books that go well with this, uh, the first one is You Are Not Your Brain, which explains the concept of neuroplasticity, which is exactly this whole uh, thing about Axon and Myelins, except that it's also how you acquire new habits, um, because some skills are habits and vice versa. So that's a good book, You Are Not Your Brain. Uh, another one is, of course, Deep Work by Cal Newport, or So Good They Can't Ignore You, also by Cal Newport. These help you form the deliberate practice that um, you need to get into this uh, regular practicing habit with a feedback mechanism. Um, and another one is Mastery by Robert Greene. That goes well with this. Mm, and I think if you find you struggle with fixing your mistakes, uh, because you you feel bad for even having to face them, sort of, and you'd rather just continue. In that case, you can look at the book Mindset by Carol Dweck, which is something I recommend a lot, but it's a great book, um, because that lets you embrace failure with a less negative attitude towards it. 